Hello, homeschool friends, and welcome to this episode of the Homeschool High School Podcast from SevenSistersHomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Happy to be here with you. I'm one of your hosts, Sabrina, and I'm here with Vicki and Kim, and we're going to talk about all things homeschool high school. So today we are looking to what happens after high school, but it happens before high school is over because it's college search. So we're planning for the college part that comes after graduation, but it most definitely does not happen at the very end of senior year of high school, does it? It would be a bad choice. Yeah. I yesterday was just chatting with one of our current students who is a senior, and even though she had a lot of things kind of fall into place pretty well for her, it just reminded me of how challenging and involved and stressful a time this can be in your life. So the more that you think ahead and don't try to do it last, the last minute, minute, the you can make it much more enjoyable and much more fun. Yeah, it's um, being a high school sophomore, junior, and senior is mm. so stressful. And as a counselor that you know I do for a living, it's really good for my income because I get <laughs> lots of kids. It's really, really stressful. Mm-hmm. But we can take a little bit of the stress out just by talking about it and having some preparation. Mm-hmm. And really, it is not some huge, mysterious, secret path that no mm-hmm. one wants you to figure out how to walk. There, there are some very clear-cut things that, okay, so if you take responsibility for this, this, and this, you're going to feel a whole lot better right. about the decision-making process. Mm-hmm. The final yes. decision may still be very stressful, mm-hmm. yeah. but we're, we're going to try to give you some of those really clear pieces of your puzzle. And you can really make it like fun and memorable and, and parts of it that you will actually cherish yeah. down the road too. create memories with it. All right. So first of all, let's just ask this question and get it, get it laid, laid to rest. Does every homeschool graduate have to go to college? Nope. No. And why is that? Because there's not one right, right way. way to do adulthood. <laughs> All right. So if you have a Yay. kid that you and the kid have already determined that going straight from high school to college is just not the way that God has designed things, that's okay. Indeed. This and also it, may not be your favorite podcast episode because that is what we're going to focus on today. And so. as a matter of fact, if that is really what God's plan is, then choosing to go to college because that's what you think you're supposed to do or that's what everybody else is doing Mm. would be a very bad choice. Yeah. Yeah, doing things God's way is always best. Mm -hmm. So in the college search thing, then finding out what God's way is a good step one. Uh So step one might be something like prayer. Prayer. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Yeah, and it might also be a part of every other step on the list. <laughs> and, and perhaps even if I can put the plug in early and doing some career exploration early in your high school experience can help you figure out is college, you know, obviously praying is going to be more informative than just doing uh, career exploration. However, our career exploration incorporates prayer. <laughs> there we go. Yes. Yeah. There you go. If you have not looked Vicky. at the career exploration workbook or the career exploration <clears throat> bundle, mm-hmm. uh, they are curriculum options in ebook format at sevensistershomeschool.com in the ebook store. And our buddy and co host, Vicki, is the author of these materials, and she also does lots of coaching in career exploration at VickiTillmanCoaching.com. Mm-hmm. So lots visit of good me. resources. Yes, yeah, please go. visit. There you go. Um, all right. So the first thing so. we're going to talk about is money. Because mm-hmm. let's face it, 
College involves some choices that affect finances. Oh, yeah. You know, when my oldest son was in college, we won't say how long ago that was, because I don't remember. Last year. (laughs) No? Is this the one that now goes by the name Dr. Tillman? Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. Mm -hmm. Um, He, by the way, has a podcast. Mm. Top 40 Philosophy. Fun, fun Mm. podcast. He's a philosopher, Mm. and he takes top 40 songs and does philosophy with it, and it's a blast. So fun. But back on... On topic, yes. Is uh, finances were different when he was at an undergrad level. Mm -hmm. The student loan rate in those days was like 1% or 2%, if I'm remembering correctly. So although his student loans over, you know, all the way up to PhD, you know, accumulated some. The the loan rate. Interest rate. Interest rate. Yep. Was so much less than what the kids are paying today. Mm. And I it, I just quit even looking anymore. I just, we got to do it. So we, you know, take as few loans as possible. But the kids have more debt they're coming out of college with now. Mm-hmm. So talking about finances is really, really important. Mm-hmm. It is really important. And we're also seeing kids coming out with their college degree in their field, not necessarily finding that they are employable at a rate that makes it possible for them to pay for life and pay those student loans back. Yeah. And that, that is that is a sad and complicated thing. And this is not an anti-college degree statement that I'm making at all. It's just saying don't don't go into this process with assumptions that, well, it will be okay because you know, we, yeah. we have mm-hmm. one we have one kid who is a dentist now. And the the number attached to what his student loans oh. looked like by the time he graduated from professional school. It was a number I couldn't even look at because I just broke out in hives. It was a very large number. Um, but you think, oh, well, you know, he's a dentist. And that's true. Eventually, he's going to be absolutely fine. Yeah. But dentists spend several years working for other dental practices while they build their own client right. list until a dentist retires, and then they can buy a practice. It, it's it's not like it's a done deal the moment that you flip your tassel and, and you've even got your professional degree. So which it's complicated. Is, yeah, mm-hmm. so it's part of choosing a college major, which we will hit next episode. Um, but mm. also just the basics of you sit down with your kid, prayerfully, and say, who's going to pay for your college? Mm-hmm. Because if kids have the illusion that you're going to pay for the whole thing out of your savings. Mm. There's a lot of us that don't have that kind of savings. Mm. So, um, and they, they just need to know what is going to be their responsibility. Uh, you know, who's going to pay those student loans? Mm. Uh, are they going to take student loans? Or are they going to take one college course a year for the, you know, until they're 45 and mm. then graduate or choose not to go to college? So, and those are all really good things actually to be talking about with your kids way before yes. their sophomore or junior year of high mm-hmm. school, even so that, like, when they're 13 or 14, they start to get the idea, like, oh, cool, mom and dad have you know saved a boatload of money and I can go wherever I want, or oh, cool, I'm like responsible for my own education. And so, you know, just thinking it, it can just help to have those conversations yeah. way early instead yeah. of. Wait till your kid has their heart set on going to Princeton, yeah. who offers next yeah. to no financial or, aid. Or thinking, you know, my grandparents saved, you know, a $30,000 trust fund. I am golden for college. Mm-hmm. And you sit down with them and visit some college websites and find out that, 
you know, it's it's sixteen thousand dollars for one semester, right. mm-hmm. and so it gives them a chance to own part of their decision process, yeah. and then to sit down and talk honestly about scholarships. Mm. Yeah, homeschoolers can get scholarship money. In fact, homeschoolers can get lots of scholarship money. There are a lot of paths to pursue that, but there's sometimes an illusion mm-hmm. that. Um, all homeschoolers can get all the scholarship money they could ever possibly need or want. So and that is an illusion. Some now some kids did. You know, as as our homeschool umbrella school mm-hmm. over, uh, I think eighteen years there helping kids to get through college. We probably had three, maybe four national merit scholarship finalists mm-hmm. out of eighteen years. Mm-hmm. Because that it's a very small percentage. I think it's one percent of the kids actually who take the PSATs that, you know, makes them mm-hmm. eligible for that make it to that finalist position where there are funds available. So, you know, National Merit Scholarship where they get a full ride is very seldom. Colleges sometimes will give away a full scholarship to kids, but then you find out they've got to pay room and board. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, a few might do room and board even, but they give that to one student. So that, not to be discouraging, but to say realistically, most of our kids are average smart kids, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're not national merit scholarship material. So they can accumulate as good an SAT score as they can. And, you know, there's a lot of tools for doing that with that may put them up to college discount level. Um, They might earn a scholarship or two, you know, from the local, you know, Veterans Association or, you know, winning something or the other that might help cover books. But it also might come right out of their financial need package and so work against them. Yeah, Um, explain that because that's something that, that I remember being stunned when I first learned that that's how that works. Mm -hmm. Yes, no fear. So there are a couple of colleges that don't do this, but Mm -hmm. most colleges um, have a, this is what your, your family's need is as assigned by your FAFSA, which uh, we can do a whole different episode on uh, survive that. Oh, that, yeah. yeah that would be good yeah. <laughs> um yeah so when you fill out that form here's the reader's digest form you fill out that form use your tax information that gives an across the board number of what they think your family should be able to put toward college what your your federal government thinks yes. and then they divvy up funds to the different colleges <laughs> according to what their algorithm is, then the colleges divvy up those funds according to what their algorithm is. And so what the FAFSA may say you're eligible for and maybe something different than comes from each different college. But anyway, they will all come up with some financial need package. So if you have a financially comfortable family, you're not getting any financial aid support. Scholarships that you earn from the community may help then. If you're like most average Americans, you know, in the bell-shaped curve, you'll get some kind of financial need. And then individual scholarships, like from the grocery store or the fire company or something like that, they all all go directly out of that financial need package. So if you've got a $200 scholarship, the financial need package drops by $200. So the realistic picture is when kids go to college, most kids are going to have some debt. Mm-hmm. in order to graduate in the four, or a lot of times now it's five years, mm-hmm. in order to uh, get that bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, figuring out all of these things requires lots of dealing with numbers and lots of dealing with forms and lots of mm-hmm. dealing with 
instructions that change from year to year. This is not some static thing that just this is how it works. Every year, the rules change slightly, just like when we do our taxes every Mm -hmm. year it changes. Mm -hmm. And it can be really helpful to talk to someone who is more focused and has expertise in dealing with this kind of stuff. And don't don't be embarrassed to have to reach out and say, okay, I, I just need a little more coaching on this because I, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm in over my head. There's a lot of terms here and there's a lot of forms. Mm-hmm. And um, in so, fact, there are even things like our friend Carol Top has a podcast um, offered through the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network, and it's called Dollars and Cents, and she's a CPA. Mm-hmm. And she podcasts and blogs about all things related to handling your finances and your taxes. And and I don't know that she specifically deals with college application processes and such, but those kinds of people who have those kinds of expertise are um, super valuable. Even just starting with somebody else in your homeschool life who has been there and done this once before makes a tremendous amount of difference. And I, I would, at the same time as, as encouraging you to seek out resources um, just be wise because there are some services that, um, you know, for a fee will find you money, but their fee may offset mm-hmm. the money they find you. So be be careful using those kinds of services. If mm-hmm. it sounds too good to be true, <laughs> it, it might be. Is. Uh-huh. Um, and just another quick note on on um, like athletic scholarships too. Uh, um, you know, when you're when your kid is like ten or eleven and they're out there tearing it up on the soccer field or whatever, you're you're You know, we all want to think, oh, cool, maybe my kid will get an athletic scholarship someday. And maybe they will, and that would be awesome if they do. Just some things to be aware of is they are fewer and farther between um, than there are people who want them. Um, And what what you would find is to be a Division I athlete who's on a scholarship um, is that is like having a full-time job in addition to your schoolwork. Mm-hmm. That's how um, you put yourself through college. Exactly. Yeah. And it's a wonderful opportunity and can be a wonderful experience. You just need to realize that there there's a whole lot to that. We could do a podcast yeah. about that someday. Too. Yeah, well, indeed yeah. we should. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so money. That's the big, ugly one. We got that out of the yeah, way. We started with way. prayer because yes. we start with prayer and then we can yep. handle the big, ugly that's right. conversation. And then you pray some more. And, and then, then you, you pray some to... more. <laughs> and then you, you know, start deep breathing. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you start looking at your kid, which is a mm. lot more fun to look at than your checking account and your well, tax form. Oh, yeah. So major interests. What are they thinking about majoring in? What are they thinking about doing with the rest of their lives? And I heard um, someone say recently... I thought this was very wise that you don't, you don't encourage a teen to think about what do they want to major in in college. You encourage a teen to think about what do they want to do in their adult life. Yes. Because some kids are fascinated with the idea of studying something for four years, which is groovy. We want to create lifelong learners and stir that curiosity. But what you have to pay for each of those college credits that you're earning in that major, it should be something that is preparing you for the rest of your life. You can learn about whatever fascinates you until you're 112, mm-hmm. but you should put your college dollars and your college effort toward what you want to be doing with your life career-wise. So one mm-hmm. of the things that uh, Sabrina has made for our kids, and our kids have gotten a blast out of, and it's been helpful, is to write their personal mission statement. Mm-hmm. So she has a little workbook for them, and it helps them kind of say, who am I really? And then that helps build into, then what would I like my future to look like? Mm-hmm. 
and there is no automatic we're not putting them into a cattle chute and we're not saying okay well there you go then this is what this is what you're passionate about this is what god wired you for therefore that i you know i'm older than a graduating senior from high school and i still don't exactly know what i want to do with all of my life right and nobody does you so can that's okay yeah to, mm-hmm. to put one foot in front of the other and say with the information I have now. Yes. Mm -hmm. This is what I know. So next podcast, we'll do a whole thing on choosing college major. Mm. But once kids can narrow down like a sort of major we'll get started with, Mm -hmm. or if they've got it nailed, you know, like, you know, when one of our graduates went on, became a vet, you know, Mm -hmm. she always wanted to be a vet. That was all settled. Real clear. And a lot of kids change majors, but. Oh, yeah. But once you got that, if you've got an idea of a major, then you can do Google searches on you know, how far away of a college do you want to yes. go to and all yep. that, you know, what, what kind of colleges are and there with that And if I remember correctly, we're going we're gonna to talk about, well, let's, let's do this first. Let's talk about what are the options for college. So they got two-year colleges. So our community colleges mm-hmm. are, are two-year colleges. And that is a really up-and-coming thing. Ten oh, years yes. ago, very, very limited options there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and now, <coughs> there's a, excuse me, <clears throat> Those are serving as the starting point for so many people's very successful. Mm-hmm. So a lot of a lot of kids can now, if they've got a very specified thing that they are working on, they can just go for a certificate or an AA degree, and that will be enough to get them into the field they want. So mm-hmm. it really is according to what they want to do as grown-ups. Mm-hmm. So, and then a lot of kids will do their AA degree and then transfer to a four-year college, and they've got two years under their belt. And now, I'll, what are some of the benefits uh, to doing that? Well, mm-hmm. a lot of times. Yeah. Well, we've we've done that. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so. um, out of our kids, two have done that very t- uh, specifically, and the other two have gone with a more connected program. But, yeah. So um, in our area, um, a there's huge financial benefits mm-hmm. because typically your your two year schools are less expensive. Um, so wait, so you're saying that you could be like fulfilling an English requirement, a required course. You could take it at this to your college, earn the same credit, and pay a lot less? A small fraction of what you might pay. Yeah, remarkable, a, right? Yes. And you some can, some crazy. kids are paying not paying. Yes, <laughs> and some kids are not paying. Check your local areas. Um, our local area has a program where kids who graduate from a Delaware school, public, private, including homeschool, with a 2-5 or better, can go for free for two or three years. Um, either to our local University of Delaware um, or to our local community colleges. Um, some You get smaller class sizes. You know, if mm. you were to start out at a bigger university, you could be starting lecture halls of two and 300 kids or more from what I'm hearing. Um, I thought two and three were the bigger ones, but apparently now they're packing them in even tighter. Yeah. Um, so your students are in classes where maybe maybe they might have a class of 60, but most of them are in the 20s or teens, which is a tremendous benefit in terms of yeah. getting to know your student. Um, and there are usually great resources like writing centers and, and um, math centers and all, just like there are in your bigger universities. And some of the smaller schools or the two-year schools also have connected degree programs where you can want to be, um, I don't know, you know, um, a work in human services 
and you can start out and you walk into your two-year school and they say, oh, we have a connected degree program with X university. And they hand you a piece of paper and say, you take all the courses on the left-hand column here. And then in two or three years, when you're done those, you go to the university and you take all the courses on this column right here. And you'll end up with a four-year degree with all this. And it will, it will take you a fraction of the cost. And probably the same amount of time. Maybe it might cost you one more semester, but that might be very, a very yeah. good trade-off for you. Yeah, so, so yeah, lots of lots options. Lots of benefits, lots okay, of so options. Okay, so two-year colleges, which tend to be sometimes called community colleges and sometimes just called mm-hmm. colleges, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and then, then what? State colleges, like mm-hmm. we're, we're lucky to have a lot of state colleges in a driving distance around here. Mm-hmm. Um, private colleges, we've got those too, and mm-hmm. uh, Christian colleges, which mm-hmm. a number of my kids have gone to. There's military options. Mm-hmm. So we, we've had our, our local umbrella school has had several kids go off to the Air Force yeah, Academy. Yeah. But also just going through an ROTC route or doing military first and then doing mm-hmm. the degree, you know, paid for by right. GI Bill. Yeah. So Right. Okay, so lots of options there and there is no substitute for research. Right. Mm-hmm. You need to read up on the kinds of schools that interest you and interest your teen and the locations. And some kids want to stay at home. So some kids want to get as far away from home as possible to mm-hmm. spread their wings and fly. You, you have to do your research because there is not one right way to do life after graduation. Right. And do that research online as well as talk to people who are there once you get further down the line. Yeah. So once you're to the point that you have some choices that you're considering and you're going to go and actually visit and tour... Yeah. What recommendations do we have for that? So just real quick on that is to go during the school year mm. so that the kids have a feel for what the population looks like. Like mm. sometimes you walk on a campus and go, oh, these these are my people. Yes. You know? And sometimes you walk on a campus and go, oh, my goodness. I don't it fit here. It just does not work. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, do not send a kid off to some faraway distant college and it's going to creep them out the whole time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whether it's an urban or country set, like all those things that, you know, when you walk on the campus, how it feels, eat with the students, you know, find out what that food tastes like, get a look at the dorm sizes. Mm-hmm. Had one of our moms tell me that she kind of learned as they were touring different schools to look at the bookstore and if most of the bookstore is um, shot glasses, <laughs> ah, that tells you something. That, you know, <laughs> what level of party school is it? <laughs> so, just a little little side tidbit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. I can remember taking um, my daughter on a college tour to a small rural school, thinking that it would probably feel like cozy, mm-hmm. and the people were very nice. And we walked around campus, and she looked at me and she said. I will just sit in my room and do nothing here. I am shy enough. I need to be someplace where it's just going to be required that people are out and about and doing stuff all the time. And it was such a surprise to me. I think it was even a surprise to her. You know, we thought, oh, this is going to feel safer because she is somewhat shy. And once we walked on the campus, it was quite the opposite. So, yeah. Also, to make appointments with people in the office in the major. Now, my my daughter wanted to be an art major, and she carried her portfolio with her and walked away from the meeting with the dean there with an extra scholarship that he just had in his pocket. Mm, You know, like, this is my little secret scholarship that I give to people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And uh, 
So to go on campus with your transcript in your hand and ready to talk to people about who you are. Mm-hmm. All right. And then when it's all over with you, pray some more. Indeed. Because God has good plans for your kids and he knows the college that will be the right fit for them where they will be blessed and will learn and grow and where they can be a blessing to others. Mm-hmm. So uh, we hope that this has been a step in the right direction for whatever your child's plans are going to be for after high school. There's not one right way to do it. So do your research, talk to your kid, and talk to God, and it will be exciting. And talk to us at Facebook, at the Homeschool High School Podcast, Facebook page page for the Homeschool High School Podcast. And look for blog posts at sevensistershomeschool.com. Look for the download for uh, writing your personal mission statement in the ebook store at sevensistershomeschool.com. Lots and lots of resources to encourage you. We look forward to talking with you next time. This has been the Homeschool High School Podcast from 7sistershomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.